Kitty Cam. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I know you're used to seeing the Nubian Sumo, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, but sitting in the night special, as it says down bottom, Saturday night special. You got the Midnight Rider, the Boss BJ, and of course myself, the big guy KG. We are the sideline junkies. Man, how y'all fellas doing tonight? I'm doing good. I'm having fun. Can't wait for this. I'm awesome. I'm realizing that it's nine o'clock on a Saturday. Just blew past me. <laughs> well, it could have been like my Saturday. You could have been out in the street all day. See, no, 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 no. What you do on your personal time? <laughs> I keep telling you that. <laughs> well, let's jump into this because it's a lot to cover. Um, and I've been dying to hear you guys opinion on this first and foremost deshaun watson we did not talk about this suspension was handed down um rehab monster sponsored by rehab monster tonight for the boss bj i mean that, that that's a shameless plug for him to get some money you gotta pay the bill oh <laughs> plug too, baby. hey we got we got to keep the cash flowing around here man how you think this this this, this thing stay on the air but RC, so that's see, see, everybody got a little every, plug in here today. Everybody sponsored tonight. Um, we normally go around the table, see what everybody drink. We know what everybody drinking. Be since you the smoker of the group, what you smoking tonight before we start? Oh no, I just got me a, a vaping. That's it. Okay, pina colada smoothie tastes pretty good. So you know, no, a little vaping no, action tonight. Nothing, nothing heavy. No bourbon to go with it. Nah, not tonight. Nah, not tonight. Actually, um, that's a good question. What is your choice of bourbon? I don't have a choice. I'm still. See, I, li I like my cigars. I'm still experimenting with a pair, some combinations and stuff. Um, I found a really good rum. Julie, what's the name of that rum on that bottle? Blue Cheer. Okay. Blue Cheer. We, me and my wife went to Total Wine. Uh, couple weeks ago we found this uh rum blue cheer uh rum is really 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 good um but as far as bourbon i don't i don't really have a favorite yet um i got some i had some four roses it's something up there i think it's called swear jar i mean i got i got things all over the place okay so not a favorite yet not yet I can't. Okay. Now, but that might be the Christians brothers talking. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, man. Let's not even start with memories of the Christian brother. That's the first hey, brand I ever tasted. That's hey, that's 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 the your system make you a fighter for life. <laughs> I ain't even gonna I'm not even gonna tell no stories. I'm gonna go ahead and leave it alone. We're gonna move on. You it, it's it, it's it, it's two things. If you drink Christian Brothers, you know, the first couple sips, you sitting back, you just chilling. After about sip seven or eight, you, you you know, you automatically ready to fight. But now it's not like Paul Masson, because, you know, when you walk into somebody's house for the first time, you look over in their bar and they got Paul Masson in there, they fight people. So 
Just, <laughs> you, yeah, you, just leave. You leave because it's going it's to end, end ugly. So, um, Deshaun Watson suspension handed down six games. He says he's going to appeal it because of uh, Ben Roethlisberger only got four. We got 39 allegations. No criminal uh, no criminal case. Grand jury refused to go with it. Fellas, was this a good suspension or was this too light? What, BJ? A grand jury found him uh, not criminally um, guilty twice. Twice. But here's the thing, and I'm going to explain my two points of view here. The shield is bigger than anything. We know that. We've seen it. The NFL is the NFL. I think the suspension is more for the shield. Saying that, yeah, he may have been found um, by a grand jury twice not guilty, but it's just the, uh, it's kind of the uh, image. Um, the, um, I guess the, the, the perception. And I think it's more for what he got suspended for. On the other hand, as a man, why I have a problem with this because it sets a dangerous precedent for guys like us, regular guys, because um, we said over and over again, and you know, I always try to say like, you know, I'm not no pig. <clears throat> I don't look down on women this that and the other, but you have to call a spade a spade if we all know that. All it takes is we've read the stories, we, we've seen things, a woman being unhappy with you and, and saying that now that she's unhappy, saying she, she raped her, your life is over. We don't have Deshaun Watson money to pick get us up out of a pickle. We don't have the backing of the Cleveland Brown. We don't have we don't have these resources. So my issue is, you know, a little bit on both sides with that. Um and then, you know, at the end of the day, I always, you know, scream accountability and self-responsibility, you know, and, and that's going to be on Deshaun Watson is, um, you know, what he did. We don't know what he did behind closed doors. Nobody did. Uh, Robert Kraft has some stuff going on. Um, at the end of the day, six games. Um, I, I just think that it's just like. If you're found not guilty, why are we getting six games? But I just explained why I thought he got six games because of the image it portrayed, the damage the shield took. It takes a lot to damage that shield. And I don't think this Deshaun Watson thing um, damaged the shield. I think this is one of the things that bounces off the shield. Um, I think the Henry Ruggs thing might have put a dent in the shield. You know, it's, it's different things that – it's different things that, you know – different levels of stuff that takes, you know, pieces out of that shield. I don't think that's just one of them, but, you know, like I said, you, you working for somebody, your employer has to say, hey, we don't stand for this. And because of the perception it went, you know, it, it portrayed, we're going to set a, a, a tone for this, that, and the other. And I hate that people compare, you know, the Josh Gordon suspensions and uh, the Ray Rice and, and different things. It's like, you know, Apples and oranges. Um, six games for me, I, I would have said two. Only because he was found not guilty twice. 
you know, I would say two just for image region reasons, you know, um, kind of to set a tone like, hey, watch what you're doing type thing. But I, I, at the same token, it's just like if you're not guilty, you're not guilty. And these civil suits are coming out, you know, I think it's a. Uh, Damn, I forgot how many he settled. Was it 23 he settled so far 24. in the civil suit? So 23 he settled with. The 24th is the one that's holding off. Yeah. And she's the biggest and, complainer. And, and and my thing is just like, I don't, you know, we, we weren't there. We don't, we don't know what happened. But a DJ, lot of, a lot of, yeah. Did you, did you read the, the whole allegations and like the, some of the results from it? Yeah, I, I read through it. I mean, but we still don't know what what was what we when money come becomes involved stories get real real glorified so and we've seen it over and over again um you know and, and you know it, it it's just like i hate speaking on things like this because we don't know what happened behind the scenes we can only guesstimate what happened and give our opinions on what we've seen in the past um, by, you know, what other players have done, kind of like, you know, no circumstance is going to be exactly the same, but you try to compare things, that's all we can do. We don't, we don't have, like, if one of us was in the room, then we could speak from a different level. Um, but, you know, I mean, if somebody tell me, hey, you know, say this and, you know, you got a chance at $7 million, I might have to say it. You know, and then and then at the, the end, get my money, and then you know, then you got to live with that. So, I mean, I think everybody in this group right now have seen people flip the switch and change completely because of money. It it's just it just is what it is. I you know, um, he I guarantee he won't put himself in that position again. Um, but it is what it is. It's done. Um, they probably get the games reduced. I'm thinking they probably go from six to either three or four. Um, but it's just these players got to be careful, man. Like us average Joes, we can go get those massages and nothing happens. But as soon as somebody realizes you have money, it, it changes the whole landscape. You know, we see with everything. Men, men, you know, men with money are the targets. Um, and, and you know, everybody, you know, when they see that money. And they eyes light up and they, you know, trying to figure out how to get their hands in the bag. So, um, I'm a little bit different on this. I think Sue Robinson was the Trojan horse in this whole ordeal. So what the NFL did was put her out front and put a number of days or a number of games on the platform. And then what they decided to do is gauge the outrage and see what fans thought should happen or could happen. And they let her take the bullets for this bullshit. Uh, excuse my language. But she took the bullets or her judgment is taking the bullets that Roger Goodell and company didn't want to take. The NFLPA is in a great situation because of this, because they have the Daniel Snyder case. They have, um, as you referred to earlier, uh, Robert Kraft. And they also have the Jerry Jones situations. So the NFLPA is set up to kind of fight back whatever they do. But the problem I have is the NFL tried to fall on the sword and like measure its moral compass 
by saying, oh, we're not happy with this judgment and we're going to get somebody else who is on other NFL committees to adjust the appeal. So we automatically know he's coming back with a year. There's no ifs, ands, buts. He's coming back with a year suspension because Roger called him on the bat phone like KG called us on the bat phone to get us on the show. He called him on the bat phone to get him to do the, the, to do the whole situation. So that's all this is. This is this is pomp. This is circumstance. This is the NFL trying to say, hey, ladies, we actually do care about you getting harassed. Watch us put this in the, in the motion, and it's going to be a year. So what's going to end up happening is the year suspense is coming down from him. The NFL PA is going to um, sue, and then it's all going to get locked up in court, and Deshaun um, Watson is going to play the whole season, and then we're going to have a suspension in 2023. That's how I see it. And joining us now is the man of the hour, Tower Power. Too sweet to ever be sour, Delante. Good to see you, brother. What's good, bros? What's good? What's good, family? What's good, um, man? Not much. What's going on, uh, Ben? How you doing, man? Chilling, man. BJ. Why does BJ look like Dr. Evil? <laughs> I, I just want to show y'all when I'm making them faces, this thing right here is attacking my feet. <laughs> this is, this is, I'm getting attacked. That's why I'm making these faces. Hey, I'm I'm gonna say this about the Deshaun Watson uh situation. Um none of this wouldn't have never came up if he would have asked for a trade. I think uh, a lot of people it, it kind this that aspect kind of fell off a lot of people's radar. Um, I think, you know, if he was happy in Houston, uh, ownership, uh, management, whatever, what have you, they probably would have swept it under the rug, you know what I'm saying? Probably paid those ladies or you might not, probably wouldn't even heard from nobody. It's, you know, um, it, it's just a timing, you know what I'm saying? Like Monday, he, he wanted to trade, you know, he requested a trade and then Wednesday, like four victims came up, then Thursday, another five, and then Saturday, another to so you know what I'm saying this is it's it's all about timing you know what I'm saying uh, as far as uh his suspension situation uh six games I think it was a little light um uh, eight to twelve I think would have probably been reasonable um you know what I'm saying six definitely raised a lot of eyebrows uh you know there's a lot of chatter on Twitter um for sure but uh I don't know, man. I, I I just think you know the you know the timing aspect fell off a lot of people's radars. You know what I'm saying? Like this this whole thing from the beginning. If you wouldn't have asked for a trade, you probably wouldn't know. You might have heard maybe two cases, not 25, but maybe two. Like uh, you know, and they probably would have labeled it as speculation. You know what I'm saying? Ownership. They probably would have paid them ladies, and that joint would have been been swept under the rug. You wouldn't have heard nothing about it. So I don't know, man, but. Um, just like uh, you know, the Midnight Rider said, yeah, and, and BJ, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful because you know what I'm saying. You're under a lot of scrutiny. You're a celebrity. You got a lot of money, so they'll get you before they get us. You know what I'm saying? So that's absolutely. Hey, um, Delonte, you know that the Texans um supplied the um non-disclosure agreements 
for a lot of the chicks, and he they actually had their own settlement separate from Deshaun Watson settlement. Oh wow! Okay. Hmm. Wow. So, so, so 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 that's where it gets tricky. That's why um, the NFL kind of threw Sue Robinson under the bus. Is because mm-hmm. they're trying to hide. I mean, they're not hiding it because it came out, but that's part of the situation or the backstory that's creating some of this. So the six games is like, all right, we gave them six games. Hopefully, like, nobody will say a whole bunch. But now that we've said it a whole lot, now the NFL is out there, like, hemming and hawing, like, oh, we can't believe she only gave them six. It should be a year. It should be an indefinite suspension. Oh. It's all garbage. It's right. all a farce. All right. Think, think of this, too. Some people, it, it's, I say people are dangerous because when you think, let's just say you think you're a goon, you think you're this, it's always somebody that's willing to sacrifice more and do more. Now, you don't get to be an owner of an NFL organization. You don't get to be have that type of money without being able to evaluate risk and evaluate what you would be giving up and what it's worth to throw somebody under the bus. You might be take you might take heat. You might lose money. But mm-hmm. is it worth I know what's coming to me. The Texans got money. The the, the you know s- settling some civil suits and like Delonte said, as soon as he said what he said, I remember the conversation with me and the big guy KG was talking about this. And it was like, it's damn sure funny that these cases are coming out right after he asked for a trade. Nothing happened until he asked for a trade for Houston. And we felt like the Texans were basically throwing him under the bus and throwing him to the wolves. If I'm the Texans, get out of here. If I'm the Texans, I'm like, man, look, I'll pay some money to, 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 to possibly ruin this guy's career. You know, we got money. We, you know, we know we know what's gonna come out of this. Some of the blame gonna go on us. But guess what? And that ain't stopping this. This ain't ain't gonna stop no Houston Texans games. If 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 I'm a big wig, this bro, America does it to us daily. I'm not trying to get into that, but what I'm saying is, this country makes decisions all the time to sacrifice us for the greater good. The pharmaceutical companies do it all the time. We're gonna put this drug out here, and we know that a certain amount of people are going to get sick and die from this. But guess what? We can tout nine out of ten of the people it works for. The other pe- the other person, we don't give a shit if they die or not. That's just the cause. And then guess what? Ten years later, we see on the TV, if you took this drug between this time and this time, you're entitled for compensation. But guess what? By that time, they've already made billions of dollars off that drug. So if they made five billion dollars off a particular drug and they got to settle a hundred million dollar class action lawsuit that's nothing that's forty dollars each person they won and that's what i and, and when delante said what he said that's what i believe the texans done you know i, I really do they're like look we got it but we're gonna try to drag this man through the mud we're gonna try to run him over with the bus and then have another bus coming in the train and then get the original bus and try to run run him over if he can still move. You know, they they probably was hoping that it would be a thing where, you know, he probably wouldn't see the league again. You know, but that's not the case. He's at the he's with the Browns facing a, you know, possible six game suspension. We'll see what the appeal does, but you know, it's levels to this. Like like last night, let's not put the NFL on a pedestal cuz we've seen how they treat black people. We've seen 
this thing for women, you know, because what happened, what's happening with the commanders organization, ain't it ain't just happening in Washington, baby. That's happening all over the NFL. That's happening in the NBA. It's just levels to it, and certain organizations know how to move with it, and certain organizations lose that that glow, like Washington has over the last fifteen years. They just lost that glow. And they they're not going to get away with the same things that the Cowboys organization can get away, or the Patriots. You know what I'm saying? They just they just can't. You know, so you know it's levels to things. Don't forget, people will sacrifice you for the greater good. And I, I believe the NFL and the Texans have just as much to do with this as anything else. They know a lot more when, than what they're saying. Well, it also doesn't bode well for the Texans to make them look good that the lead in, the lead lawyer on these civil suits is the neighbor of the owner of the Texans. It, it does not look well. You know, the, the Texans look really, really bad with this. But six games that probably will be negotiated, negotiated down and appealed down to three or four, you think it's going to go up. If it goes up, I'll be surprised. It's, it's the only way they can make it work. Um, six is the bare minimum. And I've said this a couple of times before that six is the breaking point. They want, they really want 10 or eight or eight or 10, I should say. Are they going to get it? Not without a lawsuit. But that's what they really want. They want eight to 10 so they can act like their intent was good. Again, using their moral compass, but. We already we already know what it is. We've seen your slip hanging. It's too late. You you actually had one lady that was a part of this lawsuit who said she couldn't go through with it because she knew she wasn't telling the truth. And I'm like, that right there should have been your whole case falling apart. Yeah, but the other part of it is I think the thing that hurt those ladies was the lawyer that you're talking about. A the fact that he has a relationship with the owner from the Texans. B, he made it on some old um, science and Kirk, some old, if you have a phone, you got a lawyer type thing. You know what I'm saying? So he messed this up from the beginning. And the bad part is those people that were really hurt or traumatized by this actually became trivialized by the way he proceeded with this whole investigation or this whole ordeal. I'm going to say this, and y'all tell me if I'm wrong. 39 cases, 39 times, allegedly, is the word that we like to throw around here, allegedly, Deshaun Watson used the same MO, allegedly, 39 straight times. And it's nobody deviates from the whole thing. Nobody deviates. 60. So 66 times. And if it's you got 66 a- women based on the New York Times report, or I think it is, that are involved in this whole ordeal. Um, it's amazing that their stories are similar, but I mean, there is some very disgusting facts um, in the case, some disturbing stuff. But like he used to, he brought his own towel, and his towel wasn't. The dynamics of the child didn't fit his area correctly and all that other stuff. So it was kind of like creep mode. So, and I'm going to say that allegedly, 
because that way I can't get sued for libel. But allegedly, his towel didn't fit, kind of like OJ's glove. So you, I guess you got to acquit. Think, think, think about this. 39 times, but then you got other massage therapists coming out and saying, I've worked with him before. He's never done anything inappropriate. He, he, he's been the most upstanding client. Like every time he comes into town, he books me and we're good. Then you got other women that say, well, he booked me three times and he did it three times. If he booked you the first time and did it, why the hell would you let him book you the second and the third time? Exactly. Exactly. If I, if I go in the kitchen right now and heat up a frying pan and that frying pan get hot and I touch it and know it's hot, I'm not going to go back two more times and touch it again to make sure it's hot. I'm just saying that got to make sense. Common sense. I speak in logic. I think in logic. This is logic. I'm not going to do that. Just my thoughts. That's why throughout this whole ordeal, this whole process, I'm like, somebody's lying somewhere along the lines. And this seems like it's a cash grab. Because as soon as you start throwing numbers out and settlement numbers and, ooh, we can get this. And once they found out, I think one chick got a couple hundred thousand. Then everything, then it started being more and more. Oh, yeah, he did this to me. He did that to me. I need the receipts that he booked you. I need the receipts that you're a massage therapist. Because I'm starting to I'm starting to question credibility, not only of the lawyers. I'm starting to question credibility of some of these women. Like, are you really a massage therapist or is that what you say you are? One thing, one thing, too. Let me ask you guys a question. One guy, one one thing I can say comfortably, because I'm a guy. When you find something, somebody that knows what they're doing, masseuse, whatever it is, you find your favorite control, your favorite pair of socks, your favorite pair of underpants. I'm not going to go try sixty more. I'm just, I'm just not. Once I find them, that that favorite pair of underpants or shirt. Men, period. Them pay, favorite pair of shoes. You're wearing them motherfuckers into the ground. Why would I go get 60 other different pair of shoes to be like, yeah, even if it was uh, the massage we think it is. Once you find he got money to, to, to fly this certain person out wherever he goes. You know, I it just, it's a lot of loose ends, you know, and um, you know, like I say, I don't want the women to listen to this show or participate in this show to, you know, I'm just speaking from a man's point of view where you have to think about, I try to think about the whole picture and not just somebody with a lot of money like Deshaun Watson. We've seen over and over again where guys that have regular nine to fives have gotten their lives ruined by a lie and then only to find out that the, the woman come out later and say she was lying. But by then, he didn't lost his job. If he was with somebody, his wife, then he didn't lost his family. You know what I'm saying? And then, you you know, people say, well, just, you know, just put it back together. How can you look at the person? Let's just say, you know, you got accused of something. KG, you got accused of something and your wife left you. Now, to come back to that, you're like, damn, you didn't even trust me when I said I didn't do it. So how can I even come back? You, you, you've lost everything as Man, job, job gone. And even if once you get your record clear, nobody will ever look at you the same. Never again. And there's no consequences on the other side 
for the women to make these false accusations. And I'll tell you this. That's like an old school saying. Trying to get it back to what it was like getting a stink out of a hunk of shit. You can't do it. It ain't doing it. Hey, not happening. Not happening. It's like trying to get barbecue sauce out of a white shirt. That white shirt ruined. Go ahead and throw that thing away. Yeah. It's ruined. You had you had the cookout. You wore your all-white outfit, Air Force, fresh Air Force Ones, fresh white shirt from the from the corner store. That, that, that's 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 a one day outfit, baby. That's that's it's it. Done. <laughs> Think about this, and then we'll move on. Think about uh, we talked about this. This is what back in our early days, Ezekiel Elliott dealing with the woman that he was dealing with. He didn't want to be with her anymore. Uh-huh. He walked away from her, and she uh-huh. was like, "I'm white. I'm a woman. I'll ruin your career. I'll tell him that you beat me. I'll say this. I'll say that." She was ready to get. She was ready to take everything out on, and. They were believing him, and when they suspended Zeke, I said, why are you suspending this man for this? Now, granted, he was suspended for what happened in a bar, and it was a bar fight that he wasn't even involved in, but he he, he was suspended. Yeah, he was think, about, think about Ocho Cinco, him and Evelyn Lozada. They had an open relationship. She got mad that he bought condoms, and she tried to fight him. He defended himself. He wound up. I think he headbutted. He never played another down in the NFL. His Hall of Fame resume is going to be overlooked for years to come. Over headbutt. Over headbutt. He. That's it. If you if you notice, he's he hasn't gotten he hasn't gotten any calls to be a receivers coach. Now he's worked out with college kids and and you know he's. Of course, everybody has been down and trained with, with Coach Prime, but he's worked out with college kids. He's given talks and everything. This dude has changed his life, and he was never a, really a troublemaker. But that one incident right there, that one incident cost him his whole entire career. The rest of it. And the thing is, she admitted that she was wrong. But it did but that's not matter. But that's what I'm saying, and, and that's what I'm saying. Even when they admit they're wrong and they lied, it's over. Your your everything is over. It's over for you as a man. And just like I said, the scary thing for me is I don't have money for a million dollar lawyer to 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 fight like just like these corporations. They got lawyers out the wazoo. As soon as something happened, workers' compensation, whatever it is, they got lawyers to fight you tooth and nail. Tooth and nail. We don't have that. Mm-hmm. You're you're done. Like if something happens, you. You gotta fight back. It's just, it's like, just, just think of how many people were wrongly convicted of whatever crime. They come back out, you know, once it's proven wrong, they, they've lost 10, 20, 30 years behind bars now. You cannot get that back. It's the same thing. In the blink of an eye, that type of allegation can ruin your entire life. Everything you built on 20 years of marriage, you got kids. You know, and then the, the, and God forbid, now that reputation follows your kids. Mm-hmm. You know, your kids going to school. Oh, your daddy's a rapist, and, and it'll never go away because even if it's found out it's not true, it's just the stigma now. It's it's a damaging effect, and it's a dangerous. Hey, stop! Leave that cat alone. Sorry about that, but um, man, but, but it, it, it's just it's just scary. It's sad. It's scary, man. To think about it. 
and let me get to this comment first. It's very hard to rebuild something when you're telling the truth. Your reputation is ruined. You can't go get back to it. Jackie's right. You you can't. Think about this. In death, think about what, what, what Gail King asked Lisa Leslie after Kobe's death. Asked him about something that was reported mm -hmm. that he wasn't convicted of. He was tried for it. It was consensual. Yep. Yes, was he yep. wrong? Yeah. Okay. If you don't have that type of relationship, yeah, that was wrong. But in death, that's what you decide to bring up. Absolutely. The amount of Absolutely. comments that I saw <laughs> about him being a, a rapist and, and a sexual predator. And I'm and, like, that's and what you why think and while you're on Gail, then the, the complete opposite in the double standard that men talk about the interview she had with Meg, the coddling, you know, the oh baby, it's okay. When it went over and over, and we're getting all way off topic. We've been on Deshaun for 33 minutes, but over and over again, this girl keeps tripping up over what seems to be lie after lie after lie. And I'm like, damn, Gail, you didn't show that type of remorse for R. Kelly. You ain't show that type of remorse for uh, Kobe. But this, this is the double standards we talk about when we come from men and women. Not black men, not black women. We're talking about men and women, period. Period. Period, man. It's, 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 uh, Damn, man. I hope you just active in the bedroom tonight. <laughs> That's Mrs. <laughs> BJ. <laughs> Don't forget women are sexual predators, predators and never get caught. Yeah, it's a lot of all Shelleys out there, so that, that is, is true. Absolutely. It absolutely is. True. is. And they be uh, the main ones in the Facebook and Instagram comments talking about, oh, he wrong. He needs to do 20 years in prison. Mm, there's a response to what you had to say there. Whew. Mm. It's on and popping nice. So let's move right along. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement was today. Uh, the great Dick Vermeil, my man, one of my favorite receivers, Cliff Branch, Bryant Young, uh, greatest tackle in uh, uh, Jacksonville history, Tony Baselli, Art McNally, Richard Seymour, the great Sam Mills, and Leroy Butler, all enshrined today. Uh, I started thinking. Before, you know, we, we were trying to put together the show, I started thinking. And everybody says Tony Baselli had a five-year run and, you know, he wasn't that great and he shouldn't have been this, he shouldn't have been that. And I thought about it. I said Tony Baselli was the standard by which tackles were measured in the mid-90s into the early 2000s. And I, I always felt he was one of the best tackles to ever grace the game. I think Dick Vermeil, Cliff Branch, Sam Mills were over long overdue. Uh Leroy Butler, long overdue. And it seems like this is a makeup year. But I want to hear what you fellas have to say about this Hall of Fame class. And you know what 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 can be done to get guys Oh God, I don't want to go there, but I'm going to go there. To get guys that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame because they have the numbers, they have the stats, but to get those guys over the hump, these next couple of ballots, the Joe Jacobis, the, the Steve Taskers, the, the, the Brian Mitchells, the uh, – oh, man, I had uh, – who else was it? Um, Art Monk. <laughs> well, 
We got Monk in the 08, but why did it take him so long? You know? We, we got so... What, what, what can we do to stop that from happening? Because this is starting to become a thing where it's just a popularity contest. And I got into a small argument because somebody said, well, Devin Hester's a surefire Hall of Famer. He's the greatest return man in history. So I pulled up stats. I showed the stats. I showed the records. I showed who's number two in all-purpose shots. said, this guy's not a Hall of Famer. Oh, he didn't have no real position. So you're telling me Devin has more impressive. Exactly. It makes it me even more impressive that you didn't have that you had to fight for time on the field and you're still number two all time all purpose. But now Devin Hester couldn't cut it at DB. He couldn't cut it at wide receiver. So they he didn't really have a position himself. He just moved wherever they needed him. And then he where they where they moved him at the other two positions, he wasn't good at all. He was he was he if if that was his bread and butter, he would have got cut at training camp. If he had to make the team as wide receiver, he had to make the team as cornerback, he would have been cut at training camp. Brian Mitchell made the team at his position. They just needed him to do everything else. Yeah. Like if, if you needed him to run the ball and out of the backfield, he can do that. You know, he can catch the ball. He, you know. Shit, if you needed him probably to play defense, he probably could have played some defense. You know? He played quarterback. <laughs> and well, I'm I mean, saying, he that's what I'm quarterback anyway, but he, was, that, he but, played quarterback. But what I'm saying is, Devin Hester made it as a special team. Brian Mitchell made it at four special teams, but he was always, on. you know, made it as a running back, too. He was a very capable running back. You can't say the same thing about Devin Hester at any other position. Besides kick and punt return, he wasn't. He wasn't. A, a, he wasn't even a third or fourth string cornerback. Somebody you could just be on there. Like even with his speed, he wasn't a good cornerback. Even with his speed, he wasn't a good wide receiver. Like let's not forget that. That's that's look. I've noticed that a lot of people, a lot of youngins that you know, they start watching basketball when Kyrie and Steph, you know, you know, play. That's what. That's all they know. So that you know, all these guys are the greatest shooters and handles of all time. I'm like, hold on, Allen Iverson. That's not you. Ain't got to go back to the '80s. You know, you don't even have to go back. But you know, it's it's all about. Um, it this is always going to be like that with sports. But um, yeah, Devin Hester. I, I if he makes the Hall of Fame, one thing it, it's a, it's very political. The NFL super political. It's all about who likes who. Um, you see that with, you know, who retires and who gets jobs immediately in broadcasting and stuff. Because um, I would love to hear Ocho Cinco talk and certain other people talk every Sunday, but, you know, we don't we don't get that, you know. Um, you see how they're treating Cam Newton. It's all politics, man. Because, like I said, you can say what you want about Cam Newton. He's a 2015 MVP. The Panthers wouldn't have went to the Super Bowl without him. So you're not going to tell me that it's 12 quarterbacks in the league better than him right now. You, you just can't – you can't make – I won't even listen to that argument. I won't even listen to that argument that you're going to tell me that he can't make the bottom 12 teams as a starter. He's sitting out there right now um, with no job. But somebody just signed um, Josh Rosen again. Come on, man. You do know what that is, right? Oh, I know. Like, I know there's exactly. a, there's a, I mean, some of it is 
politics, but some of it is the NFL is the one league where the backup quarterback has to be the most insignificant person in the room. And that's why Cam will never be a backup quarterback in this league is because he can't be insignificant. You can't walk into a press conference on Monday with with me as your quarterback and I throw I go 11 for 25 and two picks. I'm going to hear about Cam Newton. That's the issue with Cam. That's the issue with Colin. Is It's not about the ability. It's about the fact that the media will ask you week in and week out about these guys without any him and haw, and it will just be facts. That's what they're going to do. They're going to ask about them because they're the story. It's not your starting quarterback. And that's why these guys will never be – the bottom 12 guys that you're talking about, and that's why they'll never be backups. There's a reason Nathan Peterman is a backup quarterback in the league. There's a reason Chase Daniels has made $41 million in five starts. It's because nobody's going to ask you about Chase Daniel. And they don't, nobody knows that it's Chase Daniel without an S unless you know about him. So, like, it's just the thing about the NFL. They want to have it so the starting quarterback is the guy. And everybody else is insignificant. And if you can be insignificant, you can stay in the league for 12 years and do your job. It's Nick Foles. It's if you're a black quarterback, it's Geno Smith. It's Tavares Jackson. Guys that, hey, they're not threats. So they can have you back there, and nobody's going to ask a question about those guys. That's the truth of the matter. I love that answer. Well, let, let me let me throw this out there. Number one, let me get to this comment. Then we jumped off topic, but we're going to get back. If you don't play nice, you don't get the results when you're supposed to get them. It's always a contest, and they let players know long after retirement of who's in charge. Once again, Jackie's right. Now, we would the, the, the topic is Hall of Fame enshrinement. Uh, really strong class this year. Go ahead, Ben. I hate this class. I think it's the class of block. Really? Yeah, like, I agree. Like, Baselli, five years, okay. I guess that's their answer for Terrell Davis at running back. That's their answer for, I don't know, uh, I don't even know. Like, Cliff Branch, he was okay. I don't I don't remember myself saying I want to be Cliff Branch when I'm out in the yard. Um, Seymour and Young, they had great moments, but I just don't remember them defining the game that I watched. I never thought. Like, nobody in this class is somebody that I said I want to be. And maybe I'm crazy for this, and maybe I'm I'm, I'm being the flame starter, but I don't remember anybody anybody in this class, when I'm out on the, in the field somewhere playing ball, I never said I want to be Leroy Butler. Never said it. I never ne- wanted never, to land on like, 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 like Leroy Butler. Sorry. I never wanted to be Cliff Brown. Maybe it's because of the age thing. I don't know. I mean, and Brian Young, the only reason I like him in here is because he went to Notre Dame. So I just really don't like this class. I oh, think man. this is a class of very good, but not elite. That's like somebody, that's like somebody saying, as we were coming up, I never heard somebody on the court say, hey, I want to be like Doc Rivers. Never. I want to be Jeff Malone. I want to be like unless you're shooting Jeff that Malone. corner three as you fall out of bounds, you never wanted to be Jeff Malone any other time never. in your life. Y'all never. making me feel okay. real bad. I just want to let hey, you know. Hey, 
Hey, Midnight Rider, what, what's my band name? Uh, who, <laughs> the basketball dude who I talk about all the time. Fat Lever. Yeah, Fat yeah, fat Lever. Oh, Fat Lever. Like, man, what? Whoa, whoa. Fat Lever is, is a man. He's the dude. Yeah. Like, he will give Magic 30 on any night. It's, it's Fat Lever and Sleepy Floyd. They always gave him Magic Johnson the blues. Yeah. Oh, See, y'all he's still after that. He, he's a coach for the uh, Big Three League. So he's still out there doing his thing. Salute to that. Oh, man. Man. Let, me, let me show you something. I'm going to tell you why I like this Hall of Fame class so much. Number one, growing up, I did say I wanted to be Cliff Branch. I did play football and say, yeah, I'm going deep like Cliff Branch. Th- this right here. Ooh. That's why I love this Hall of Fame class so much. Because that, that price just went up. That price just went up. That's a Tony Baselli rookie. And when it went from it went from three dollars and seventy five cents to four twenty five. Oh, don't <laughs> hate, baby! Don't hate. Hold on, I ain't done yet. Hold on, hold on. I got, to, I got the, I got to get into the book here. Well, well, look in your book. I do not like the Tony Baselli pick. I don't, I don't care how great he was for five years. I think it should be some type of standard. Yeah, we. Mm-hmm. That just went up too. It should, it should be some type of standard for career length that goes into the Hall of Fame. Like, anybody can come out. You know how many one-year wonders? If that's the case, how many one-year wonders should be in the damn Hall of Fame that had Pro Bowl seasons and, you know, hundred yards rocking? Peyton Hillis. <laughs> the Peyton white Hillis is on a Madden cover for one year. Shit, if, that's, if that's the case, uh, Robert Griffin should be in the damn Hall of Fame. He had a two-year two spurt, two-year run where he was – sensational and, and 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 all i mean what's the standard i i don't think look yeah he was great but injuries are a part do of the we like you the standard oh, is do we <laughs> like you goat, and that's what i'm goat. saying it's, it's all it's all politics if this was aaron Rodgers and not uh deshaun watson this shit would have been over mm-hmm. they might have they might have killed them girls Let's throw some, yeah. some barriers on that statement. Like, like yeah, we don't want these lawsuits coming yeah. down no lobby. No, no, no. We, like, no, we allegedly, I mean, supposedly. Yeah, yeah, they suppose, they might have, they they you know, got some cement blocks and disposed of them. Quit. Wow. You going to sleep with the fishes. <laughs> yeah, you sleeping with the fishes tonight. This, I'm trying to tell you, if this was Aaron Rodgers, if this was um, Brady, if this was um, – I'm trying to think of another. I, I'm I'm drawing a blank on quarterbacks, of course. Um, this wouldn't be an issue. It might not have yeah. made the news because don't forget, don't forget politics in the news too. They they decide what they want to cover, and if the NFL makes a call to the, they're not gonna make a call to the local news stations. That that's that's beneath them. They're gonna make a call to the network heads. Hey, don't run these stories. Aaron Rodgers in trouble. What we gotta do to make that story disappear so it's not on air? If it's in on the air all the time, if it's in circulation all the time, you remember it. It sticks with you. Like every well, time I open my phone, it's Deshaun Watson this, Deshaun Watson that. But the best thing they ever did is, um, what did my man say? He said the best trick the devil ever played was making the world think he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. So the NFL came out on trade deadline Tuesday and suspended Stephen Ross 
for until what? After the Sean Jackson, they just they gave him a one point five million dollars suspend um fine, but all of that fell on trade deadline Tuesday for MLB. So ain't nobody talking about Stephen Ross. Everybody talking about Juan Soto going to mm-hmm. San Diego. So it's it's like they just they just dropped that like oh hey we got this story. Here you go, slide it over the table. ESPN was like, yeah, we got Juan Soto getting traded, blah, blah, blah. Stephen Ross got fun. And back to the baseball trade yeah. deadline. Yeah. That's how it was. Yeah, that went, went across the ticker super fast. Like you had to, yeah. man, what was that? Right, exactly. Unfortunately, I can't agree with you, gentlemen, about this class being a hall of very good. Cliff Branch. I called for his enshrinement long time ago because him and Berlitnikov, along with Dave Casper, was one of the most devastating trios of receiver and tight end of the 70s, and he continued on to the early 80s. Nobody – what did Al Davis say? Al Davis said uh, – uh, Mel Blunt is scared of Cliff Branch because he can't cover him. And there's so many videos of him burning Mel Blunt deep. All, all, all the snake had to do was put it out there. All Plunkett had to do was put it out there. John Madden said when Cliff Branch was young, he'll wait till about the third or fourth quarter and say, Coach, I think I can beat my man deep. He said five years in the league, he would come up to me. They had just got finished singing the national anthem. And he'd say, Coach, I think I can beat my man deep. He'd say, Cliff, you don't even know who your man is, but he could beat him deep. Hall of Fame worthy because he did it. Three Super Bowl wins, countless highlights. The dude is like that. I'm sorry if y'all don't feel the same way, but he's like that. Sam Mills, was over. Oh, that was overdue, long overdue. Uh, Baselli, I'm on the fence with it. I, I liked it at first, but now I'm on the fence with it. Dick Vermeil, long overdue. Dick Vermeil, what he did with the Eagles in 80, what he did with the greatest show on turf, how he set them up for future years, you know, uh, him in Kansas City. It's so much that Dick Vermeil did, not to mention what he did for the game of football, period, because he's another teacher. Um. Uh, Leroy Butler may not jump off the page at you, but for what he did in the league, he was a stalwart in that secondary. He made that those Green Bay teams, that secondary, that second that back half of that defense, he made them what they were. Do you think they would have won the Super Bowl in 96 without him? Yeah, because they had Andre Rosen. That should have been the Super Bowl MVP that year. <clears throat> Desmond had one return. Andre Rosen had eight catches, 96 yards, one touchdown. That's that's the goal I'm going to die on. I can't argue with that because I was surprised when they gave it to Desmond Howard too. But I was also happy for Desmond because, you know, we drafted him here, but he couldn't get off the line. So, and I was like, he was a punt returner. Yeah, I was like, we, we couldn't, we didn't need him at punt return because we had Brian Mitchell. So we didn't need him. But I do remember the game against Atlanta when him and Dion returned back to back kickoffs. You know that was that was great. I was like, that's a, a shape of things to come, but it didn't flesh out. Uh, before Richard we Steve, move, go ahead. Before we, we on fifty two minutes. Before look, Ben <laughs> said something. 
the Hall of Fame players should pop out to you. There should be no exactly. on offense anything. You shouldn't be on offense about Baselli. We shouldn't be talking about if Leroy. It, it should be a guarantee. Like this guy's hall. We know. Like there's nobody. We're gonna ask and say Tom Brady's not a Hall of Fame. It's when it's you know you you go you go scan the room. It's when you get to the guy that's. It should be a, if you get eight out of ten football like diehard people that know football. Eight or nine out of ten say Hall of Fame. That guy should be a Hall of Fame. It's when you start getting to seven out of ten, six out of ten. If that's if if you got three or four people out of ten saying, "Nah, I don't think this guy's." We talking about football people that know football. That guy's not a Hall of Famer. It's just not. It's just like, um, I'm trying to think of somebody that's that because the last couple classes been weak. Well, let me throw a name out there. I'm gonna throw a name out there. Who? I don't well, think Kurt's a Hall of Famer. He, he says Kurt Warner's not a Hall of Famer. I say London Fletcher is. Most people say he's not. I'm, I think, I'm getting I, there, but it's yeah, a slow think, bus. Yeah, I think, I think based on his, his career and his stats, I don't know why he's not a Hall of Famer because they put people that done less in there. So that right. that that's my that's my thing. It's just like, okay, if you put this guy in here, and this guy got similar stats. He should be in a Hall of Damn Fame, and that's and that's the that's the thing with Devin Hester. If you put Devin Hester in, then Brian Mitchell got to be in the same class. You right. can't put a guy in there that has has already had them stats and some of the records were his mm. or whatever. It's just like, but, I, yeah, some guys I don't get. Like, and like I said, we know, yeah, and we know, we know, we we've said it over over on this show that it's. A lot of things are political with the NFL. And it's not just the NFL. It's everywhere. It's your job. You know, it's clicks at your job. People might like, like you, and you get the shitty shift or the, the section that, that that's the worst that's going to take you longer. It, it just is what it is. But uh, when you say Hall of Fame, like 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 the, the, the argument we have with the NBA Top 75, I think it's insulting that Carmelo Anthony – Damian Lillard, James Harden, Anthony Davis um, are on that squad with the likes of Larry Bird and Magic John. I think that is complete. That is insulting to me as a basketball fan <clears throat> that these names are on there with these great people. I can't say Bill Russell and Carmelo Anthony in the same sentence. I can't say James Harden and Michael Jordan in the same sentence. They shouldn't be on the same team when it comes to 75. Gary, one of our sideline junks, he says it best. Y'all ain't got 75 greatest players of all time. When you talk, like, it, you can't put, once you put Bill Russell, Will Chamber, Michael Jordan, Bird, Magic, once you put those names on that list, certain names can't go on that list. James Harden, Carmelo, I don't care if he said, I don't give a shit he's ninth all time or not. Kevin would be ninth all time if he had a 20-year career where every team he went to was his and he had the green light to shoot every time. Like, that's not impressive to me. That's not impressive to me that you're ninth all time. You you ruined the Knicks team. You completely decimated the Knicks team and had no chance of winning. You were okay with that. And then from there, your career was nothing. You... When he first got in the league, and I, I know I'm turning the, the page. I just want to make this, this this statement real quick. He first got in the league, he was compared with LeBron James. 
And soon after that, with third or fourth year, them comparisons stopped. Remember, they were supposed to be on the same level. And he proved that he wasn't that. That's what I'm saying. You can't just let's just let's just keep them two names. You cannot say you can't put LeBron James on a list and put Carmelo Anthony on the same list. Like once you do that to me, I'm not talking basketball with you anymore. If you put them two names on the same list. I, I, I can't do it. That's just like putting um shit. Um I can't think of a quarterback, but somebody on the list that don't belong with Tom Brady. Matt Ryan. <laughs> Matt Ryan. If you talk about Matt Ryan and Tom Brady in the same breath, we not talking football no more. I'm like, nah, I stopped watching football, you know, last week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't want to talk no more. I, I just, you know, certain names shouldn't be with certain names when we talk. I think the Hall of Fame, some years they, I, I would be good with some years they'd be like, ain't nobody make the Hall of Fame this year. That that would be a statement to me. Like we care about this shit enough, where we think that our history of players, there's no player good enough to get in this year. That should have been the NBA maybe the last couple of years, because that shit has been doo doo dog, uh, runny doo doo week. That's how that's that's those classes. Those classes shouldn't even been formulated. Like Tracy McGrady, he should be in. He, I agree with him. A lot of them other players that made it in. Chris Webber? No, sir. Chris Webber? Now, Chris Webber and Ray Allen, they'll get in. They not. I don't think. I don't think first ballot, but they, they should get in. Like your first ballot Hall of Fame. Yeah, Ray Allen, your first ballot. He's probably gonna get first ballot. He might lead the class. But like I say, it's just like when you make when you make like Bill Russell first ballot Hall of Fame. The Jordan is, you know, your your top players. Everybody don't have to be first ballot. Everybody don't have to be. It, it, like I said, I think it waters down the Hall of Fame. It waters down what you what you consider great players. You know, it's it, it, you know, it's just to me, it's just it's a lot that that um, things that are compared that shouldn't be. It really is. It really is. We talk about some of these guys and. You know, I just be like, why are we even talking about this name? This just don't even deserve to be talked about. That's just my opinion. Well, I get it. And you, you've been on that stance with the Hall of Fame for quite some time. Uh, and that's it's no problem with that. Because there's a lot of people that are making the Hall of Fame, especially the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and they're going in by senior committee. And these are guys that should have been in years ago. And it's like the senior committee is like, oh, well, let's make up for it and let's throw him in here or the centennial. And like people didn't think that Jimmy Johnson should have made the Hall of Fame. Why not? He built a dynasty to I'm, I'm you know, in a way, I'm kind of glad he didn't get to see it through. But he didn't get to see it through because he had a dickhead of an owner. But I understand what you're saying. I agree with it. I, I don't have any way, you know, anything to okay. knock it. And I didn't become on the fence with uh, Tony Baselli until maybe about a couple of hours ago because I started thinking about Joe Jacoby. And yep. I started thinking about other tackles. I'm like, well, those guys had more dominant runs yes, sir. than just 
five years. And and Baselli, I'm saying five, but it may have been seven. But he got hurt when he got drafted by the Texans in the expansion draft. And I'm like, okay, you never played again. But that made you a Hall of Famer. And I, I started thinking about it. We can't hear you. I hit the dang on mute button. Didn't even know I did. But I became I became on the fit on the fence after that, you know. Hindsight's 2020. 50 50 if you see spray is what I said. So even and, and the fact that you're even on the fence to me that's cancels problem. his hall of fame, cancels his hall of fame um worthiness in my in my book. Hall of Famers are you you will never be on the fence when we talk about guys in the game today. We know Tom Brady's going to the Hall of Fame. You know, if if um, if Nick and Joey Bosa continue their run, they're probably going to go to the Hall of Fame. T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh, if he continues to have the career he's having, he's probably going to the Hall of Fame. We already know this in our heads. Guys that are halfway through their career now and just started, you can tell. You know what I'm saying? You can tell what, what guys are doing what. But when you had that doubt, baby, that, to me, that's that's an instant, like, red flag. Like, ah, uh, I don't know. When you say that, that's that's instant, like, yeah, maybe this guy shouldn't be there. Five years to me, I, I told you last year, Calvin, I don't think Calvin Johnson should have won it. What? You know? Whoa, 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 whoa. I said the same thing. That. And Whoa, 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 whoa. There are moments so, – so so Wilt Chamberlain has a great statement to Michael Jordan. He told Michael Jordan that they changed the game to keep me from scoring, right? Mm-hmm. All you need to do is look at one clip. There's one clip where the New Orleans Saints tried to defend Calvin Johnson with two gunner-type guys. Yep. That says it all right there. Again, Detroit, and he still caught Detroit Lions. Hold on. Second thing on this. In that stretch, the Detroit Lions had a 77-game stretch without a 100-yard rushing. And he put up the numbers he put up. He's got a 1900 or 1,800-yard season. He's not a Hall of Famer? Come on. Come but on. Here's a, 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 the other side of that. What other who who else played with him to give him any type of help? It's like the 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 Detroit Lions wasted not only Barry Sanders' career, they wasted Calvin Johnson's career because they never built around them. Right. His best receiver so, outside of him was was Nate Burleson. Nate Burleson's better. He he's better on TV than he was on the field. True, but I'm just saying, like. We're, but, we're talking about Calvin Johnson like I, I Calvin Johnson wasn't Calvin Johnson. But think about this. If he had another a complimentary receiver, let's say he had somebody like a TJ Hushmanzada on the other side. He had a decent tight end like a Kyle Brady. He had a, a he had a quarterback. Let's say he had a running back, something like um But he didn't. That's the point. No, but wait, will he still be regarded as this dominant guy? Because it's other people. I could have I passed for 4,000 yards in Detroit with Calvin Johnson. 
Drop back. Oh, blitz coming. I'm going to throw it up there. Fuck it. Calvin down there somewhere. So you proving my point. That's, that's if, the you can, if you can throw for 4,000 yards with Calvin Johnson, that tells you something special about Calvin Johnson. But I shouldn't that's have to. You're, missing all of their you're, saying it like, you're saying it like the reason he's not the reason. That's what you're missing. He's the reason. I shouldn't have to Let chuck the ball down question. the field. And for Let him me to ask y'all a question. When Tom Brady made his, you know, he started for the Patriots. You didn't know any of those receivers' names. He made Deion Branch. He made Wes Walker. We didn't know these guys' names. Every time he goes to a team, then the, the Patriots, I'm talking about the Patriots because he inherited wide receivers in the Buccaneers. Good quarterbacks make receivers. And I'm not saying Calvin Johnson wasn't special. I'm not saying Tony Baselli wasn't special. I'm saying that careers weren't long enough. Tell me how many playoff wins Detroit has between Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson. How many Super Bowl appearances? That's not their, that's not their measuring stick. Their measuring stick is like, like, I think we get caught up on this. Like, there's this thing where if a guy doesn't get to the playoffs, He's not special, but he's got to be special. How many years did, did the Bears make the playoffs, but we got Brian Erlacher in there, and we celebrate him like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread? Not like, there are players. Not you got me. one. But I'm just – you got to hear me out. Like, there are times when players in their situations just don't make it. Perfect example, this class, Sam Mills. No Hall of, no Super Bowls. Um Brian Young, well, actually, he got one because he was in um, what's we call it. But mm-hmm. I mean, Tony Baselli, he's not in the Super Bowl, so that doesn't just take away or deter from their greatness. Calvin Johnson was he has a nickname Megatron, mm-hmm. like like this is Bert, this is he, not he, just some random dude. They and, put and two corners on him, and I and I I don't want to I don't want to say that he's not a special guy. Because I think Matt Stafford proved that he he made Matt Staff, Stafford. He, Matt Stafford went to a loaded Rams team and won a Super Bowl. It wasn't because of Matt Stafford. That team was loaded. So right there, okay, he he's a special talent. Great. The career wasn't long enough for him. He played nine. If if Terrell Davis can get in with six. If Gail Sayers can get in with seven, if Tony Masselli can get in with six or seven, like he yep. has to be in with his great nine. But hold, hold on, hold on. And Jim Brown, and, and, also and, 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 and you know what? Gail Sayers is not a good example in this, but you know what I'm, I'm talking here. No, no, but I'm not no, talking anything else. But those players that you name. And I, I also named Jim Brown, who did who did it in nine. Jim Brown played nine years, ran for all of the yards in the world. Gail Sayers. They brung something different to the table because I, I don't know. I guess we hold them in a higher regard because they're the legends. But Terrell Davis, he okay. I think he got in more along the lines of he got John a ring. He he got him too. Yeah, but also Terrell was only in because he got John a ring. Whoa, if whoa, he didn't whoa, get John whoa. two rings, he would be he would be just like. Um, Garrison Hurst, he'd be just oh. like anybody else in this league because he 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 had his moment, he shined, and then he's gone. 
Stephen Davis. Hey, I I'll let you finish. I'm I'm uh um, no, I'm finished. I'm good. Go hey, um, he did get John's ring, but he also, you know, uh, gave us a two thousand yard rushing season. Oh yeah, one. One, what's, he, what's, he, what's, what's his yardage total? 7,000? 8,000 yards for his career? Yeah, 8,000. 8,000. Um, that's a Hall of Famer? Because hey, if that's the case, I got some 8,000 guys. That was quick work. That's quick work. I got a bunch of guys that got some numbers better than his that should be in the hall if that's what we're doing. The realization is he's in the hall because of John. Mm, uh, I don't know. Can y'all still hear me? Yeah, we can see. Yeah, we hear you now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just I'm looking through the stats and I'm just looking at receiving stats all time. <clears throat> and that's a that's a flawed number now. No, no, hold on. I'm just I'm just looking. He's not top twenty in, re- in top. Actually, he's not even top thirty in. Look uh, at top season yards all time. Um, he is third at eighty six point one receiving yards per game all time, but he's not top twenty in touchdowns. I'm just saying, like. And that, that's what I'm talking about. And then when you put, you know, guys in that did four or five years, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, nine. Okay, I was wrong about that. If he did nine, I'll take that. But the stats, you could be He's dominant all you want. Third greatest season in receiving yards after it's like Rice and somebody else, then it's him. In a season, okay, that's a season. We we've had guys, we had running backs go out and blow, blow a season and never be heard from again. But you I heard from him again. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that, you're but... saying it's like Calvin Johnson had, was a one hit wonder, like he was singing "Candy Rain" with "So for Real," and that was it. Like he was in the Hollister with "Baby Mama Drama," and that's it. We got more. He Uncle Sam. Singing about that chick that left him for his best friend. He ain't that. Wait, wait. So real wasn't the one hit one and he was Dave Hollis. Let's try again. But you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so Uncle right. Sam, that's better. I'll take that because I don't never want to see you again. <laughs> oh, what's the name song? Coochie Coochie La La La. MC Brains. There we go. Oh, my Lord. Mm, you showing your age. <laughs> All right. Wow. <laughs> okay. We we, we got we, we're gonna have to jump off this. We need to put a pen in this. We might have to pick this up in the morning. But we, we gotta put a pen in this because we gotta jump on the Juan Soto and then we gotta get out of here. Juan Soto gone uh to the San Diego Padres. Uh we got national fans here. Um how y'all feeling, man? Because I didn't want to move him in the first place. I'm like, you know, fix the contract, whatever he wants, give it to him. And that was the last piece, player-wise, of the championship team from 2019. So he rejected. Oh, my bad. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I got a lot. So go ahead, Delonte. And uh, and sorry for my uh, young cohorts in the background. Um, When he rejected that contract. That was that the right was on the wall at that point. It was just like, all right, player, you know what I'm saying? Thanks for that, you know, for 2019. You know, good luck with the rest of your career. Um, that's pretty much all it is to it. I mean, they, the, you know, the Nats, they tried, they tried like they, they tried 440 million dollars, they tried, but 
but you know he for some odd reason he turned it down um obviously you know he didn't want to be there anymore um so you know that was that so you know let's just rebuild you know get some pick um some draft picks and you know let's just kind of just uh rebuild another championship team bj All right, so yeah. I'm here. I'm here. Just real, real quick. Um, I think we'll learn more about what's what's going on with this later on down the line. Um, I think, you know, we we talked about this a week or so ago, and I think that uh, Washington wanted to just kind of like throw something out there. They probably knew that's what he not what he. It just seems like Washington really didn't want to be bothered with Soto. That's kind of the feeling I get. And I, and I said this before, you know, are they going to turn out to be, you know, the, the Baltimore's of the world where, you know, let's put it, let's do enough to put some, some butts in the seat and every now and again, we'll make a run for, you know, wild card and stuff. And we'll be happy with that. Um, I hate to see Juan Soto go. That's probably the only Jersey from the nationals. I was probably going to buy. Um, I loved them. I loved them, man. I, I really thought that, they should have given him what he wanted and got serious about, you know, winning and put put some put the team around him. It's like it's not like they don't have the money. Um, but I don't I would love to know. Like we, we're not gonna find out now. I would love to know exactly what happened to, you know, why they didn't wanna commit to him. Um, but the Padres got themselves a hell of a player. And that, you know, I'll let Ben Ben go on that because that's all I got. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me say this real quick. I didn't send you one of the Soto jersey, BJ, but don't worry about it, man. I'm, I, I'm, I got something coming in the mail for you. I got an Aaron Judge jersey coming for you, so wear that. Hopefully, it keeps you warm. All right, so I'm, I'm gonna get long winded on this a little bit, but because I got a couple of views, you, I'm gonna apologize gonna already. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put the jersey on the stick and burn. I'm put you on the stick. <laughs> <laughs> so first. As guys that I've heard on this pod as Wizards fans saying, hey, if you're not going to win, get rid of the guy. And the guy in this situation for y'all was Bradley Bill. But get rid of the guy, rebuild, recoup the the prospects from that deal, right? I've heard y'all say that. That's what the Nats did. The Nats got to a point where they knew that because of Boris – this kid want the guy wanted top AAV, top total number, and from the numbers, if you put forty million or forty three million times fifteen, you're at like six hundred million six hundred million dollars. So that's about one hundred twenty million more than what the Nats offered. At a certain point, the Nats knew they can't sign this kid. He's going to go at least to free agency. The mistake they made back in 18 was they didn't move Bryce for the prospects because ownership didn't allow it. This time they were allowed to move the the player for the prospects because they knew they couldn't get the guy or keep the guy. The Nats also have had some very bad luck in this stretch. Some of it is cheapness. Some of it is just they got terrible situations. Perfect example was Trey Turner. 
I know for a fact I put on a post that Trey Turner should get 150 million for six years. Needless to say, that same summer or in that same stretch, Francisco Lindor signs for over 200 million. So now you like ah trade for 200? Mm, I'm not sure. So there's things that some of it is the the learners being cheap, but some of it is now they actually making sense. And I think this Soto move makes sense for this team because you don't want to be the LA Angels. The LA Angels got Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout. But they've got the third worst record in Major League Baseball. Make those dollars make sense for me. Make it make sense. Now, you got three guys, you're playing over 100 million for each, and you're getting nothing from it. And I think the Nats, from a from a smart point, knew that there's Juan Soto had the greatest 17 great game stretch of his career, and the Nats were two and 15. That's the writing on the wall. He can't. You, 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 if you're not doing it, then you can't do it. And that's all I'm gonna say. Like, I was I happy about it? No. On Wednesday, when Juan Soto came sprinting across the field in the Padres jersey, like I, I probably my allergies were acting up a little bit. I was a little upset, but I got comfortable with it because I knew or understood the process and how we got here. Now, what you said about Brad Bill, that the Juan Soto was a big piece of that World Series run. That was his rookie season, right? Right. So he 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 got to show you that in big big time situations, when it count, I can make these plays. When you say Bradley Bill name, this is what I was talking about about putting names together. He's not in that category. He's not proven that he's a winner. He's not proven in big situations. I can carry my team. All right. So think about it this way, BJ. I'm not saying you're, you're you're I know what you're where you're going with this, but hear me on this part. If if Juan Soto's on your team and you have the third worst record in baseball, when Juan Soto was at his best, his best, he hit like 439, he had 12 home runs, his OPS was something ridiculous, and you went mm-hmm. two and fifteen. Like, right. what does that tell you as a franchise? It's, they I got mean, bad. They got a bad roster from almost top to bottom. That's their gym. That's their diamond. And and, and so, I, so, and I, you, I so how do you get your roster better? You have your roster gets better to. by moving them because yeah, you're you, not, you, this isn't a one year fix. It is. This it, you're right. You're right. Fix. Um, but Was- Washington now this Washington team has been able oh. to attract. You know, trades and free agents. As far as you know, they got they got Scherzer, um, and you know the pieces they had to 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 try to win the the title. So this this part this Washington franchise probably I'm trying to think out of the Wizards, the Commanders, they probably are the best at attracting good free agents, right? Better free agents. So if I commit that money to Soto, that you know. Like yeah, he had this amazing stretch, but if your if your pitching is horrible, if you have nothing in the bullpen starting wise, 
mid relief and closing, he could have he could have batted eight hundred. They still would have lost. So it's and I, I get what you're saying. You trade him. You trade this big piece to hope that the pieces you get back can at least help start to rebuild your team. Or you get this. You keep this one piece that you know when you help one year World Series that you know can you know be outstanding, be at the like the upper echelon of his position, and then you go get some players like the Yankees do every year. They don't give a shit who who. Ah, right, the pitching's bad. Go get the checkbook. The we we need what? The stones in the outfield bad. Go get the checkbook. The soda machine out. Go get the checkbook. They don't care. That's what I'm saying. It's like okay, great. That's a great. That's great. That's great. Let me say this real quick. You sound salty. So no, I'm not even trying to be salty. (laughs) So so think about this. The Nets TV contract. We don't even know where the money's coming from yet because they haven't gotten that resolved with Masson in Baltimore. Because mm-hmm. the thing, the deal with the devil was Bud Sealy yes. said, Peter Angelos, if you we're gonna put this team in your area because a it's the best for business. We're gonna give you this part of the TV contract, and then after eight years or ten years, you gotta give it back to them or give them the money. We the Nets haven't seen a dime of that. The Nets win the World Series, and then 2020 happens, you got a pandemic where you can't even get or sniff the the gate from having a world championship banner and fans coming in. So you go three quarters of the season without that revenue. And then by the time you get fans in the stands, you're so bad that it just doesn't, it doesn't, it's not gonna happen. So like that's why I say they had bad luck. Like they've just been on the wrong side of history during this run. And still, even once they get new owners, the problem with baseball, to be honest with you, is they're idiots. They don't look forward. The the most forward thing they thing they've done is this little Apple Plus on Friday nights, and even that's stupid because you take a game of the week, you put it on Apple Plus, and you get people to buy into it or whatever. Well, where what you should be doing is since you have limited TV revenue or TV contracts with local stations. You should offer a stream service to the fans that don't have access to their teams without a blackout issue and let them pay. If the Nats said, Ben, it's $19.99 for you to watch Nationals games every month, guess what Ben going to do? I'm opening my checkbook. It's $25, $25.99 for you to watch the Nationals. I'm opening my checkbook. They can charge me $60.99 per month. Because I love my baseball team, I'm opening the checkbook. Like, they have this untapped reserve that the sport itself is so reluctant to tap into. That is ridiculous. Sorry. And, and, and no, nah, you're good. Because on the flip side of that, the, the Wizards could say, we'll, you tra- we'll charge you a dollar a month. We'll send you a 4K TV to watch these Wizards games. And I would tell them to go to hell. I'm not but you got NBC Washington. There's the difference. no, no. What I'm saying, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, we're, we're two different sides of the spectrum. Like you're you. willing to do that, and I and I think that, I think that they they know that that might be some untapped potential, 
but the amount of people you're going to turn off that are going to instantly be like, no, I'll go to my kids' baseball game and watch. I'm not going – or I'll go to uh, AAA, my AAA team and watch. You know what I'm saying? It, it's it's always a, a, just like the, it, the, it's the line of casualties when I was talking about Houston allegedly putting Deshaun Watson under the bus. You know you're going to take a hit. You know you're going to have to spend some money. But at the end of the day, is it going to be worth trying to ruin this guy's career? Now, you, like you said, you got people on your side that are willing. Hey, hey, you give me these games and whatever resolution my TV can handle. You give me some extras and, you know, the, the app that go with it so I can hear. I can mute the TV and hear the uh, the radio call to go with the, the game, this, that, and the other. Um, Dude, I do my, it. My, my Nationals experience – is the equivalent of 1945. I got my computer. I got the Nats radio broadcast on on my computer. Mm-hmm. While I watch, I can be watching Raw. I can be watching whatever on TV. But I got the Nats broadcast in mm-hmm. the background. And I shouldn't have mm-hmm. a transistor radio the way this thing is going. It's. I mean, it's it's stupid that we're in 2022 and I can't watch my baseball team because. My cable company sucks, and we can't get our baseball because of the limited reserves or results of this. And and, and maybe I'm like one cat out of like twenty, but I know for me, like I don't, I didn't, I don't like Baltimore because when the Padres were supposed to come to DC and Baltimore blocked it, that was that was the end for me. I never was an Oriole fan. I will never root for the Orioles. The Orioles can can get ran over by a bus. I don't care. It's that's just me. And it's because I was brought up by a guy, my dad, who was a National League baseball player. Like he understood he, it's hit and run, it's stealing bases, it's, it's all that. That's what National League baseball is. And for me to have National League baseball in my grasp. And then it just not come through because the Orioles blocked it. Yeah, I'm good. I'm done with you. Kick rocks. And I, I, I completely understand that, man. I think baseball, you know, because of its pastime, is probably one of the only sports where you could actually just kind of just listen to the radio broadcast, and then your your brain will simulate the game in your head. You can see what's happening. And, you know, basketball kind of the same way, um, football for me. But I think just that history with baseball, it's okay to flip on. Like, you can listen to it anywhere and you could be with the game. You can hit a crowd a little bit. I think that's something special to baseball, you know, that 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 you can do that. But I, I get what you're saying. I thought that um, – I didn't think that they should have agreed to that with the Orioles at all because – you watch the Baltimore football team, the Ravens and the Commanders, they're not losing no money. With the Commanders and vice versa, they're their own entities. Um, you know, I think, you know, at that time, what they did to for the for Angelos to kind of like quiet them down and shut them up so DC could get a team, I wouldn't agree to it. So um, to. I hope that – I know you had to to get the team, but major league, like, like major league baseball, that shield is bigger than Peter Angelos and the Baltimore Orioles. Well, I mean, you got to think about at that time, there were two moves that were made. Now, I apologize for cutting you off, B. But there's two moves in that, in that stretch where, where baseball showed you its shady side. 
so one move was the Houston Astros were being sold, and the Houston Astros had to be moved from the American League West. I'm sorry, from the National League to the American League. And the Milwaukee Brewers were sent from the American League to the National League. And that's all because of competitive balance. Like it was the Brewers knew that it's easier for them to be in the NL Central because guess who the commissioner was? Bud Selig. Guess who owned the Milwaukee Brewers? Bud Selig. So Bud Selig has two deals where he was the devil that you dance with in the pale moonlight. And one was the Milwaukee Houston Astros switch. And the second is the fact that the Orioles and have this great TV deal that the Nationals see no money from. Because also in the requirements for the Nationals was that they had to build the stadium. The city had to fund the stadium for them to come to D.C. So that's all in that whole intertwined in that whole situation. I'm sorry. Nah, because you, you said that and I forgot all about that. And what <laughs> it's crazy because I, I, I said, okay, they're going to move from RFK to another stadium site. And I always wonder, I was like, where are they going to put another stadium at? And they put it right down the waterfront. And then across from there is Audi Field. Which is uh I visited Audi Audi Field uh week before last. I was out there. Very, very nice, beautiful, beautiful. And once the construction's finished, it's gonna be even more beautiful, you know, once they finish the roads and everything. But I, I don't I never did agree with Soto being traded because I'm like, you know, you build around them, but you brought up a compelling point. I mean, you you, you gotta look forward. So I, I, I guess I, I'm used to therapy, I'm, dog. The only reason I got here is because of therapy. Like <laughs> I listen to every, like you don't even understand the amount of baseball people I listen to to make myself comfortable. And still on Wednesday, whenever he ran out on the field and they won, they beat the Rockies nine nothing. Oh, my heartstrings was tugging, and I might my my man allergies might have been acting up, but like. I know it's what's best in the long run just because I know for a fact he's not signing back. And maybe that's the, the part that like everybody doesn't get is he's got two more years of control. Makes sense. But you can't play it out because because of Boris, you just don't know if you can keep the guy. And you don't want to be stuck holding your, your jockstrap like you were – in 18, when Bryce left and you didn't get anything for him. But Bryce and also had to deal on the table. Look at what it does, what it did. Him leaving, he walked. He and I felt that he was an addition by subtraction. But I felt in my heart of hearts, him walking and going to the Phillies like that. You know, he his famous quote here was, Oh, that's a clown question, bro. I felt that was a clown move. And you weren't here to be a part of that world championship team that they were trying to build with you. You wanted to act like a dick. You left. This is what, what happened. I didn't want to see that happen yet again with somebody else from the area. It seems like when that, no matter what team in the area, we can't never keep our homegrown talent. They go elsewhere and be, you know, 
good. Look at the 2004. I knew you were going to say this. Look at how many yeah, former wins. I mean, think of the anomalies on that squad. Like, Ben Wallace, I mean, unless you went to VS, what was it, VUU, Virginia Union? Yep. Eh, like, I always joke because one of the guys that I went to high school with, Jay Butler, um, is the coach at Virginia Union now, and he actually played with Ben. Like, I'm like, yo, you the only dude I know that thought Ben Simmons, I mean, Ben Wallace would be Ben Wallace. Like, it, I don't know. He went to Orlando. He didn't do, you thought that? Yes. When he went to Orlando, what did he do? He got cut. But and when he went to Orlando, I was like, they don't know what they're missing out on. This dude plays okay. defense. He plays hella defense. Then, then, hey, you know what? You got you you, sh- you got some things on you, man. But it's it's that squad. You gotta remember also there was the Jordan part of that. So that's how Hamilton and some of those other pieces got moved. So the the problem with the Wizards is they just mismanage things. Um. I know you probably got a couple of Redskins you want to name, so I'll let you name them. Shoot, I got more than a couple. I mean, <laughs> look, Stan Humphreys gets out of town, but he that's goes because, to San Diego. because Ripping, but Ripping was the cool, the the one. Yeah, but then Stan Humphrey, they win the Super Bowl. Stan Humphreys left in what ninety two. Ripping he held he out before that. No, he was on the Super Bowl team. Okay, so then he leaves the next year. Yeah, Ripping holds out in ninety two. We get to the playoffs. We lose to San Francisco. By '94, Rippin's gone. Stan Humphreys is in the in the uh, Super Bowl. I mean, getting blown but out. Stan Humphreys, Stan Humphreys' biggest issue was his shape, and and Joe wasn't like that. Was the kicker for Joe was he didn't do enough to stay in shape, so that's why he had to go. And then you also couldn't keep staying because if Stan stayed around in '92 or '93, and Rippin struggled. Again, what we always talk about, you gotta have that backup quarterback that's quiet. And that's what the struggle this year for this Washington Commanders team is when things get tough, there's gonna be a quiet majority, not even a quiet, there's gonna be a loud minority hollering for Taylor Haneke when Carson Wentz struggles. Not if you ain't seen that clip of Sam Howell yet, they're gonna be they uh, people already talk oh, about when he's gonna be ready to play. No. And I'm like, dog, it's just a practice, chill, <laughs> chill. No. But we can't we can't start the same how bus man. God no. But you got then you look at now I can't even name enough capitals. But it's so many people in the past through that organization that went on and did other things. But it's like homegrown like, talent. I, never. I think, I think we gotta always like adjust the knob on what they do. So the perfect example for me is Andre Roberts. Everybody talks about, oh, Andre Roberts went, he's a pro bowler, he's a return man, blah, blah, blah. But we brought him here to be a number two. So if he's not trying to be my number two, but he goes somewhere and, be in, and is a punt returner or a kickoff returner and excels, then that's not something I'm losing out on. I We didn't I lose out on Andre Dropperts at all. That, he, mm, he there you go. See, you, you understand my point. Preston Smith, I'm sorry. Love Preston, but I think Preston, when he was here, Preston was inconsistent. His high sack total is nine sacks. He goes to Green Bay. He has, I swear, Preston Smith is the best at this. He will have two games where he'll have three sacks 
in each game, and that like adds to his sack total. He's never been consistent, and that's one of the things that if you pay attention, and Kerrigan's always one of those guys. 13, 16 games, he's giving you thirteen sacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, nine sacks. No, nine of those sacks for Kerrigan came uh, against uh, the Giants. With, with Kerrigan, nine of those sacks came against the Giants most of the time. <laughs> he, he, he he dominated the Giants. And then after that, we didn't see him very often. I had somebody point that out to me. And I said, okay. damn, you're right. That's because, we. I mean, again, like I always tell people, there's this weird thing that's called being a fan. So when you're a fan of a team, you have a very different – perspective than everybody else so our famous one is eddie jones and eldon campbell i couldn't wait i tell you right now i threw a parade i probably called you hall for him i probably moved some boxes out of eddie jones house and eldon campbell's house <laughs> when they got traded you always tell me that they should have kept that together no because i always you thought they were in the cuss you know you know what the word is the, f- the word is addition by subtraction. I get that. But I, so I addition by subtraction is you moving Eddie Jones, who is okay, out for Kobe, who's great. Well, you didn't know we didn't know Kobe was gonna be the black mom, but we didn't know that at the time. And the well, thing you is didn't know we, that. We, we 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 knew he was gonna be good. We didn't know he was gonna be what he is. And the thing oh, is, you, oh, had, you had to move Eddie Jones because you you didn't have any room. You had Rick Fox. You couldn't move Eddie to the three. So you say, you know what? I gotta I gotta move Eddie and because I gotta go young. I gotta move Eddie. He's but consistent. Who 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 pushed Kobe to be? Who Kobe? Kobe pushed Kobe. Eddie Jones had a hand in that too. Kobe pushed Kobe. So did Byron Scott. Kobe pushed Kobe. You got to get credit where credit is due. Right. I'm. I am. And, and Kobe <laughs> pushed Kobe. And then you also got to think about, you talk about Eldon Campbell, the big easy backing up Shaq. It was no change. You didn't have to change the offense because both of them could score. Yes, you did and change I, the offense. You went from a dominant center. I'm sorry. See, this is where I'm the I, – I, I, I just don't like Eldon Campbell. Oh, I my God. I do not like the big easy. Woo! There's some words that I want to describe Eldon Campbell, but I'm not going <laughs> to do it because I don't want to get in trouble with the boys, BJ. Oh, my Lord. I just, yo, again, you, you all, I probably paid for it for both of them. But he, he got his ring, but it may not have been with the Lakers, but he got his ring. I'll say that. But again, but this is what we're talking about. Like, it's the thing. And I always, even with you guys, when y'all talk about Bill, it's like when you're a fan of a team, you build in your reality. Like, you just can't change that. It's natural. Like, like you be you you force these thoughts because you're gonna perfect example. I'll say this name right now, and you're gonna look at me sideways. Two years of under Fletcher, great. The last two, it could have been anybody else. I just say him. Like, I just wasn't impressed. It just didn't the, do nothing for me. The dude it was the, nice. He was here for those extra two years, but I mean, and he. I mean, the problem was we had Perry Riley beside him, trash. We had a terrible defensive line because our best defensive lineman. Here's my famous quote: "If your best defensive lineman came from Hampton University, you got a problem." 
And I love Swaggy. But it's funny. That's a problem for me. Oh my God. I know, I know. Him him and Pot Rose, I love them two together. I'm just gonna say that. I lo- I love him and Pot Rose together. I know. But see, here's the thing. With London Fletcher, you had your Perry Riley's, your, your Rob Jackson's, something Doc Walker always say. You can tell a lot about a player when they get cut from the Washington Redskins football team commanders and they don't play anywhere else. You can tell a lot about them. Perry Riley, Perry Riley wound up going to the Oakland. Roy Hallou went to Oakland. They're out of the league. Um, Rob Jackson, for as good as he was, and they were saying, oh, yeah, he should be beside Kerrigan and not a rack pole. You sacrificed the rack pole, let him go for Rob Jackson not to do anything. In London Fletcher's last two seasons, good sir, my man had 111 and 139 tackles, respectively. Yeah, somebody got a tackle. I mean, if it's 10 yards down the field, it's a tackle's a tackle. But, I mean, hey. You know okay. what? We got to get up out of here because, see, <laughs> you, you, know that you, you don't talk about the great London Fletcher like that. I'm just saying, man. It's all good. I knew this was going to be, yeah. This dude, except for his yeah. first two years in the league, had over 100 tackles every season. St. Louis, London Fletcher, first two years here with the Redskins, London Fletcher, great player. Last two, yeah, all right. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> we, 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 we didn't win too long, but we filled in for the WrestleManiacs, so we was expected to go long, so that's okay. But uh, join us tomorrow morning on Podbean, probably about 10 a.m., and we got to dis- continue this discussion because we, we got a few more things to talk about. Uh, there'll be part two of the weekend. But uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the comments and everything and listening to our shenanigans, even when we go off the rails. But uh, in true WrestleManiacs fashion, uh, Kanichiwa, bitches, and diversify your bonds. <laughs> And the boss BJ has got got me going with vertigo, man. Good grief! <laughs> and oh, but it, it was great to see the man of the hour, Delonte. Great to hear from. Hopefully, yes, we can get we can do this again in the morning. Of course, of course. I'm there. So, until, uh, well, we going on a mm, eleven hour break. So until then, y'all have a good night.